you study hard and learn to dance as if your life depends on it. Because when you ask someone to dance, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they certainly criticize you, then finally you become a great tango dancer. Then they say, he never invites us to dance. <laughs> I wonder why. Archaeologists near Japan found evidence of cannabis usage from about 8,000 BC and residues dated to the Kingdom of Judah in the 8th century. CBD at Wakana for Life, while keeping your body in balance, is now used for all bodily pain management issues and may be an effective treatment for high blood pressure, stress, multiple sclerosis, arthritis, and asthma. And because of its anti-inflammatory properties, CBD oil is effective against many other ailments. For details, call Meridian Brown at 312-650-9753. Hi, this is Al. It's been said that music and dance is food for the soul. If you have ever wondered What's in the glue that keeps couples together for life? Well, this is the episode that will give you their secret sauce. If you want a marriage without the possibility of divorce, you're in luck. Join us for all the answers. Welcome to the Tango Chicago Podcast. So, uh, where's the wife? Is she ready to, for me? She's morning? right next to me. Oh, she's ready. She's even dressed up. She's she's but, uh, she's dressed up for her interview. Yep, she's dressed for an interview. She's dressed. Me dressed. <laughs> Is man? she on this? Where's your man? Good. Thank you. In your pocket, back there. Okay, talk to Al while I go get your sweatshirt. Hello. Well, so you guys are out on the deck, uh, enjoying the sun. Wow, I tell you, some people know how to live, don't they? Well, you have to be careful. You know, we have a lot of first responders in the building, so mm-hmm. don't touch anything. <laughs> Just go sit, go sit down. <laughs> they clean it every day. So, you know, fine. Um, well, it's it's called a new normal, right? Well, I hope this doesn't stay normal, but I think it's going to be normal for a while. Yeah, I, um, I think it's been that way for a while. We just didn't realize how contagious everything was because our immune systems were so in tune. But now one virus breaks through and everybody's very sensitized to everything. Well, you know what? I think young people who by and large are asymptomatic and or very mildly diseased have no clue that they can kill somebody. Yeah, or the, or that they could die. I mean, even though you're asymptomatic, who knows? You have a you have a cold or something, and your immune system has a problem, and all of a sudden you were a host. Now you you're the victim. You're a carrier yeah. to a victim. Yeah. Anyway, it is different. Mm-hmm. So my my theory is do stuff that feels safe, and if it doesn't feel safe, don't do it. They're I'm, making it not safe out there. So hey, you know I'm okay. I'm ready to interrogate you guys. I, I like. All right, I, let me put you on speaker. Okay. Okay. We ready? Yes, sir. Pat and Jeff, take one. <laughs> Pat and Jeff McKeever, take one. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I'm going to try to do this in one take, all right? <laughs> so, guys, I, I'd like to uh, you to give me a little <laughs> history about how you guys met because I'm doing an interview on couples who dance and my theory is that if you dance together it's more spice in the relationship and you're you're more willing to go along with the differences between couples and so if I tell people they would think I'm just a black guy who's lying to them so I'm going to let them hear from okay I'm going to Time for a white guy to lie. Hey, (laughs) hey, hey, I'm going to let them hear from a privileged couple, and maybe they'll they'll believe them. 
when you tell them about your life in dance and how it's made a difference or it hasn't made a difference. You don't have to concur. I need to hear your unbiased evaluations. First, I know you guys are dancers and you've been dancing longer than you've known me. So I want to know how you guys met and what got you interested in each other. That would be of interest to my guests. So start there. Okay. Well, I'll go first. He will interrupt me frequently. So <laughs> fun. Jeff, you're going to fact check her, right? I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We signed uh, for a language school in Cuernavaca, Mexico. He was from Seattle. I was from Chicago. About 70 people showed up on the entry day. They gave us a language ability test to group you into pods of four. We tested into the same group. We were the highest group. We're both very, very good in languages. So so we'll start there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there we are for three hours a day learning Spanish. And were you doing it? You were doing this for a job or you were doing this just for... Post-college, I was recovering from back surgery. You were... Yeah, my, I got a high draft number in the lottery and was not going to be drafted. So I figured I was going to find some place inexpensive to live, fulfill my dream of being a writer. Oh. Huh. Okay, so we, we were standing. He was in one group, one group standing there chatting on the patio. I was in a different group standing there chatting on the patio. And he half mentioned a musician, Doc Watson. Okay, nobody knows who Doc Watson is unless you really play folk guitar at a very high level. Mm-hmm. So I kind of grabbed that. You know who Doc Watson is? <laughs> or Supuesto. Yeah. Of course. So so we ended up, he had a guitar. I brought my guitar with me. I happened to have been fortunate enough not only to meet no Doc Watson, but to take guitar lessons from him. Oh. And he's a master guitarist. He's just amazing. He's dead now, but he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Jeff said, well, teach me what you know. So we had we ended up spending a lot more time together than we thought we would. Leaving Mexico together and going to Seattle, rest is hey, we got together. <laughs> well, wait Seattle. a minute, you guys were you guys were in college, right? No, I graduated undergraduate, and so had she. And I wasn't going to get drafted. Oh, okay. Like, so in Seattle, we actually started dancing. I think we went to a swing class, something like that. Uh, I think so. Whose idea was that? Uh, probably hers. <laughs> so, Pat, yeah. you've always been interested in dance, or was this just something to do as a couple? What was your no, thinking? Let me think, Al. I think I probably started dancing about the time I could walk. What? Yep. So, tap, ballet, swing, Lindy Hop. I was so little, I used to stand on my dad's feet, and we would dance in the living room. I learned the basic foxtrot, waltz. He didn't do quick step, but he did do foxtrot and waltz and Lindy. So, yeah, I, I, between, I have pictures of me choreographing stuff, and I'm probably about three, four. Wow. So, yeah. Now, I just, my parents went to big band dances. And continued doing that in social groups and the kind of medium small towns we lived in. All I ever did was hippie dancing. Um, <laughs> you know. What what is hippie dancing? You mean uh... oh, you know, it's, you know, like white guys jumping around, clapping their arms, African airplane, and you know. um, Kat was not big on hippie dancing, so she. Uh, took us to a swing class, so we learned to do. I guess it was a box in the box and a, mm-hmm. and the basic swing. And we did box in the box and swing for the next forty years. Wow! I mean, when I was growing up, they'd have dance contests at school. I always won. Yeah, but we. I don't think we we went out dancing. I don't know if you remember something called Carl Satin Doll was a big band place. Uh, that was probably, I don't know, the kids were little. Yeah, we did box in the box. Yeah, we went there, get dressed up. He actually bought a tuxedo so he could go out. Yeah, that was down on Roosevelt Road. No, so, it wasn't. So, it was on Orleans Street. I think you I think you skipped a part. How, how long after you guys uh, went back to Seattle did you finally tie the knot? I, I'm hearing kids. Oh, we but moved to several years. We moved to Chicago. Um, Seattle, you know, it rains a lot. And his parents <laughs> lived there. Yeah. We, 
we discovered if we wanted to survive as a couple, we had to put a major mountain range between us and my parents. <laughs> Two major mountain ranges. <laughs> So you moved to Chicago within what a few years of no, no, about six months. Six months, yeah. and, and then how long before you got married? Maybe another year. I mean, we had you know, we had that sort of we set a date, then we woke up and said, "Nah, let's not get married today." <laughs> <laughs> so then December fifteenth. Probably, that was July 14th or something like that. So the, that following December, we said, okay, today sounds like a good day. I mean, we had a marriage license, so we just went down to City Hall and got married. Yeah. A little bit like getting a driver's license when you do it that way. Oh, it was no, pretty interesting. No fanfare, huh? No no witnesses, no no, no guests, no, no, th- no throwing the bouquet, no cake. What, what the hell? It was just like eloping to Crown Point, man. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, my dad, and mom took us out for dinner. Well, later, <laughs> later, yeah. out right after getting married. Yeah, yeah. Oh my so, god, you sound very untraditional. Yes, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. So there. Yeah. And then we didn't. We had about five or seven years in there. We had kids, mm-hmm. another couple of years, and then we went to Carl Doll. We really we needed something. Yeah, we got a babysitter and went got out. a babysitter. And that's what we went out. For. Yeah, I mean Willowbrook was out there, but it was in the afternoon, and finding a babysitter for three three little girls in the afternoon just wasn't going to happen. The uh, Willowbrook Dance Studio, you mean, right? Yeah, dance. The, the big ballroom. Ball yeah. Ball mm-hmm. Who was carrying the torch? Was it you, Pat, or was it him that was trying to uh, get back to the dance after the kids? No, it was it was Pat. Mm-hmm. She had the vision of that whole scene. I said, okay, sure. <laughs> I mean, if we went to, you know, I was that student by then. You, you were the doctor yeah, because okay. you were taking Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'd have to take my pager when we went out. We did. Okay, wait a, wait a minute. Somebody skipped over something here. So oh. I think you should tell tell everybody what what you did for a living, Pat, basically what you were doing and what the husband was doing. Okay. I've had about four careers. I think at that point I had quit doing medical research and was home full-time with the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I... Went from a ma- we got a master's in nutrition together. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a medical research fellowship job for a year. I got into med school. She didn't. I went through med school. She got that's when she picked up her chaplain uh, training and got into theology school. And then we had kids. Mm-hmm. Decided that going out was a good thing. If we went out to a movie or a play, I just fell asleep. Well, you know, I was a doctor and I was on call and coming out of residency and I really never paid back my sleep debt. Um, (laughs) But if we were, you know, if you're dancing, you're probably awake, you know, Mm -hmm. more awake than you are falling asleep in the first act life. Do you feel that the dancing added anything to your mental well-being or were you just trying to appease the wife? No, I really enjoyed it. I did. I was not, you know, socially awkward. Mm -hmm. So... You know, getting dressed up and going to a dance was fairly low-key as far as getting along with people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, all you had to say was, hey, nice dance, like that, <laughs> and then go dance. Mm-hmm. So it was very uh, very nice, mm-hmm. you know, in that respect. It was a social situation. I can't wait to him. You we said danced, what? We danced two different places. He, he was in the Michael Reese Medical Group, and they would have oh, parties, yeah. and so we would dance at those. Mm-hmm. And then the children were taking German in school. And so Jeff joined uh, the German singing club we met through Friends of Ours at Church. Mm-hmm. And that led to joining, that was part of the Mardi Gras Society. So they had a lot of Mardi Gras parties. So we would yeah. dance at Mardi Gras parties. At Mardi Gras parties. Okay. And for- formal dancing or hippie dancing? Well, Michael Reese was <laughs> hippie dancing. <laughs> The white guys would do hippie dancing. <laughs> or if they, they were older, they do American ballroom. Okay. And then the African American something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it, was so, it wasn't hippie dancing. <laughs> and it wasn't ballroom either. Yeah. And some of it was just, you know, real smooth club dancing. Yeah, it's sort of like bebop, bebop dancing. Yeah, yeah. probably stepping, you yes. know, and probably mm-hmm. playing. It was, but 
whole lesson was you'd watch him and say, tone it down, you know? <laughs> Don't jump around and flap your arms. Just you know, stay in hold and tone it down and try to actually find the beat, you know? <laughs> and uh, see how that, and that worked out really well. Oh, you know, okay. As you look cool for one. Um, and so when did, did you, when did you guys start taking formal ballroom uh, lessons? Well, yeah, that was about, Oh, wow. The kids were out of the house. We were 50, 55, 60, yeah. something like that. 55, 60. Well, not really. Chris, his oh, friend, yeah. Chris, we had been walking by the dance studio for two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The kids were not out of the house. Two of them were in college, and one of them, they were old enough, you could sleep. We'll put it that way. At your peril. Well, and they were all still kind of home. Which, which dance studio was it? Dance Center Chicago. It's still there. It's hanging on by its fingers, you know, mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. like everybody. Yeah, sure. But it's two blocks away. Yeah, so Chris announced that he was going to have his birthday party was going to be in a hall next to the Greek Orthodox Church. And they were going to bring in a DJ and teach everybody to dance salsa. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's going to be hopeless. So we dropped him <laughs> in the dance studio take a salsa lesson and the guy we picked was the the dance instructor was the guy who owned and operated the studio mm-hmm. his name is Ron Ford and he's a national amateur uh, standard ballroom champion okay so he taught us a couple of salsa steps for all I know he had to pull them off YouTube to teach us but, <laughs> you know. but anyway so we did enough to go to the dance to the, the birthday party but then we found that we really enjoyed working on dance lessons. Mm-hmm. And so we started dance lessons, and we did those for 10 years. Ball, we did ballroom. Ballroom. Uh-huh. Standard European-style ballroom. Strut, waltz, six-step tango. So international-style um, or American-style? And swing. He also taught dance swing a little. But international-style ballroom. Okay. And we worked really hard, and we got into the... The fundamentals and the basic and then very choreography with standard moves like you would do for, they call them medals, but basically if you were to do an examination to be certified at the beginner, intermediate, and advanced level, mm-hmm. uh, that's what he was teaching. Okay. But um, he was not that interested. I mean, it sort of would be choreography like you could do around the ballroom. Mm-hmm. But actually, it would only be choreography you could do in competition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because what we learned, we joined a dance group. It turns out it was we tried a couple in Illinois, mm-hmm. but then we joined a dance club that had dinner dances on a regular schedule fall and spring. And we had to drive to Milwaukee to do it, but what we quickly learned is nobody does standard. Um, and there isn't any room to do standard. Okay. So we just adapted. We did kind of a hybrid standard a room full of people dancing American smooth. Mm-hmm. And that was, so it was kind of split. We'd work real hard on international chore- um, basics and choreography in the lessons, and then we'd go out and do some kind of naked up on the spot American smooth. I would say elements, the way you use elements, yeah. because yeah. he didn't teach a set choreography. He would say, Things like these are the eight things you can do out of a left turn. Okay. Okay. So when you're socially dancing, even in international, mm-hmm. you have to be thinking about what you're going to do coming up to a place where you could do something with a left turn or a right turn or whatever. Right. And there are some things that are pretty standard that you do, and they're fairly simple to do in a crowd. We, we quickly learned that there are people who only learn a set choreography and cannot do anything else. Well, which they either perform in competition or frankly that they perform at social dances. Yeah. Yeah. You know, usually the ones that competition are doing, you know, it's not really international anymore. It's kind of an American hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people doing social dancing was whatever they learned at Arthur Murray. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, or Fred is- 35 years ago. Well, or maybe not. Maybe like last week. <laughs> so so we have, we did travel internationally. So yeah. we'd go to dance weekend, like at the Ostop, which is where we met dance friends. Yeah, a resort in Wisconsin or a ballroom. Right. Or we went to one in New York 
day we went to work. But then we went also, because I was working by then, I was a fundraiser and I traveled a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. More money. Yeah, we had a lot. Well, first of all, we had more money, but I was also pretty miles. So we started going to Europe and found out, oh, hey, people go to a social dance, dance and dance international. international. <laughs> so it came in handy, huh? Well, the English, we learned on our last trip on this COVID that both, you know, bluffed our way out of the United Kingdom before they put us in lockdown, but that's another story. But no, what we learned is they... They study in dance studios, and they learn the routines that will get them the, the bronze, silver, gold medals, okay? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. And then they go out to social dances, and they dance the steps they learned in bronze, silver, or gold medal training. Okay. okay? And the, the aesthetic for them is not to do, you know, one big piece of choreography all around the floor. And if people get in your way, tough luck mm-hmm. um, for the people. They learn actually how to improvise. I think they do. They learn how to improvise on a dance floor using the elements they learned at these different le- levels of training. Okay. So, which is kind of what our dance teacher was trying to teach us, but not really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. Well, let's say. He, but I guess the thing for me, and I'll, I'll just say this, it was very, very helpful at that point. With kids beginning to leave and us kind of taking our heads up and going, what's next? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We begin to focus our relationship in a completely different way. Because dance, at least for me, and Jeff can speak to this for himself, you have to trust your partner. Okay. Really have to trust that they're doing their best. They don't want to just jam you around the floor no matter what it feels like. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you really also... I, at least for me, I've developed a whole different appreciation for the kinds of effort that go into a relationship because it's not so easy to get along when you're trying to dance up. No. I mean, you know? it starts with, you want to dance this song, you know, and for <laughs> one guy, maybe that's my favorite song to sit and listen to, you know, and the other guy, I can't dance that song. It's like too fast or whatever. <laughs> well, once you decide you're going to get up and try a, a dance. Mm-hmm. You know, then everything else starts, right? Mm-hmm. Are we going to do basics with a couple of turns? Are we going to try a, you know, a three-element choreographed pattern like that? And it, was, it gets challenging. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so Pat, what you're saying is that the the dance is closely related to how you handle your interpersonal relationship as a wife and a husband, right? Yes. Yeah, maybe. It's, yeah. it's co- I mean, cooperation, collaborative, patience, yeah, no, little no. understanding. I mean, once you understand how difficult it is that yeah. somebody's trying to do something, you sort of have a little bit more empathy, right? Yes, and you also have to work out your different Yes, together. You have to somehow, particularly, Jeff and I have very different approaches to everything. <laughs> yeah, because he's a lefty, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> analyzed in all kinds of ways. I'm left-handed. She's really good at physical stuff and has, was training in physical stuff so she could walk. You know, her dad taught her to box and play baseball. Oh. And all I ever did was verbal stuff. Mm-hmm. I could read and write. So the physical stuff is very challenging, or still is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when it came to a dance where there's the structures lead and follow, I had a great deal of difficulty with leading. There was times when if we do what American smooth dancers do, which is we kind of dance our own routine facing each other. Mm -hmm. It's like you learn your part, she learns her part, and then you dance them in, you could say, almost in opposition, because you're you're opposed to each other, and you're each dancing something that's independent, but um, occurs at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, <laughs> kind of like you have two bathrooms, or you try to get along in one bathroom. Right. You know? Right. Right. So like that. Well, when I say we're very different, our approaches to things are. We have always agreed on all the big things. Yeah. Money, children, sex, whatever. Right. Agreed on all the big things. Okay. Where Where are we going to live? We always agreed on that. Okay. However, nothing else. <laughs> well, what would well, the, what would what what would that entail? What are the little things that you wouldn't agree on? That's what I want to how know. Do you want to get, how do you want to get to the Harold Washington Library? Well, I want to hop the Orange Line. Well, I want to drive up Canal Street. <laughs> you know, right over on here. 
kind of stuff. And I'm going, why would you do that? He goes, well, why would you do the other thing? <laughs> like or like in dancing, we finally got out to the park and could dance in something bigger than 10 by 4. Mm-hmm. Um, so we tried a waltz routine that we learned in England, okay? Mm-hmm. And Pat is very comfortable with the, now we'll do the thing where you lead me in a left turn that, that that you end up, that you transition to a thing where you're going backward and then you turn off to go forward again. And I said, you know, and I really have difficulty doing it unless I say, oh, it's the weave with the zigzag and the <laughs> four, five, six of the weave. And Pat goes, yeah, that's the one. You know, or, or she'll even call it something else. You know, she, she said the the back open natural when it's an outside change. And I just sit there going, I'm trying to remember the back open natural, and that's not even what she's talking about. And that's fine. I mean, she knows exactly what she's talking about and how to do it even, and even my part. But I need this trigger. I don't know. I, I feel like the guy in Manchurian Candidate where they say, Raymond, why don't you play a little solitaire? <laughs> And then I can do something, but up till then, not really. <laughs> you know, and she's just totally wired different. Yeah. You know. Well, especially with dance. So yeah. it's required a lot of patience yeah. for both of us. Yeah. And again, appreciation for your partner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what we haven't said is from the beginning, we, we both are tra- took music. Okay. He did clarinet. I did piano, guitar. Yeah, but I did clarinet and dance. No, no, no. I have a point. Okay. <laughs> My first interruption. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Miracle. Um, so we know that you don't just take a lesson and not practice. Okay. It's not worth taking. If all you're going to do is practice in lessons, yeah. that has a point at, at, for something, but not, you know. So we were always practicing. How, how much time do you think you spend practicing with each other uh, on your when you well, at one point we were doing three lessons, practicing, just practicing. Yeah, yeah we did. We did. <laughs> we remember this differently. Uh-huh. Okay, so let let me give you the history, so you've got a feel for it. When we first started out, we practiced probably about took one lesson a week and practiced about three times a week for an hour. So that's three extra hours. Yeah. So this three practiced- three three hours at home. So you took a lesson yes. in the studio. And three hours at home, you were practicing. No, we rented space in the studio. We didn't yeah, have we room. Two blocks away. Oh, we okay. We didn't have room in our house to dance. So it was okay. So so it wasn't an official okay. lesson. You guys were just renting space no. in there to uh, practice. We we just rent a studio room because it was like um, you know twenty by thirty. Oh, okay. And it was a nice wood floor. Every one of them had a nice wood floor. Okay. Uh, and a sound system. Oh, okay. So. You could really practice, and it was like ten bucks for an hour. Okay, okay, you know, got it. So it was, and it was two blocks away. Got right. it, perfect. You know. So after our first international trip, and we realized that that probably was working. Why? That we we needed. First of all, we were taking. Okay, all right. He he's departing for a few minutes. Yeah, that's um, okay. But what we realized was that we were often practicing bad habits. And one of the things that got recommended to us was to work with a teacher more regularly. So we never took, you know, Jeff, Jeff really couldn't learn in a group lesson. We tried that early on and beyond the first half, you know, 20 minutes of a 45 minute session, mm-hmm. he could follow. And after that, all he did was get confused and angry. Gotcha. These were always private lessons. These were never, never group lessons. So he so wasn't started, able to really uh, assimilate the, the, the information from a group class. He, he worked no. better one-on-one, basically. Yes, he did. Okay. Yes. He is accurate that he has trouble physically mm-hmm. doing things. He never even did what a lot of kids, you know, I lived across the street from a playground, so I was hanging on monkey bars, jumping off slides and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, they had parallel bars, so I could probably do about six tricks on a parallel bar. I mean, he never did any of that. He never had hand-eye coordination. His parents were fairly strict. He had to do chores all the time. Mm-hmm. So for him to try to start doing physical stuff, he had to learn his body. You know, gotcha. where's his body in space? Gotcha. You know, gotcha. didn't come real naturally to him. 
so what what he would do is in his brain develop what he thought was the right thing. Mm-hmm. Now often it was the wrong thing. <laughs> so he would faithfully practice what he thought was was the right thing. Then we'd come to the class, we'd come to the lesson, and you know it was like starting from scratch again. After this trip to England, it became pretty clear to us from talking to people and including the people who were there mm-hmm. that we would benefit from instead of us spending money to rent studio space to take more private left so that the correction would be happening at the time. So it was basically supervised practice, if you would. Yeah. And a lot of times it was the basics of whatever dance we were doing until we could do a good basic. Well, that takes up to a year or two, you know, come on. <laughs> um, well, most people don't understand that, Al. They mm-hmm. really don't. Mm-hmm. But we... We love, at least I loved it so much, and I think he came to love it. It's moving through time and space to music with somebody that you really care about. It was a real communication. Um, so, so that's what we were... I'd like to explore that. You, how did that concept of moving through time and space with somebody you care about, uh, how did that add value or quality to the marriage, or did it... <laughs> Did it add anything to the marriage? Absolutely. Because in spite of or including, I guess I would say, all of the interpersonal stuff that you have to do in order to do that, Mm -hmm. to do it and enjoy it, Mm -hmm. it became a time, he's asking, I said it was enjoyable to move through time, space, to music, and he's asking more clarification on that. It became a real time of just plain joy for me. Mm-hmm. It, it's a five-dimensional exercise. You know, there's horizontal. You, you move in a plane, and then you add the vertical part, and then you add the rotational part, and then you add time, and then you add the interpersonal dimension. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and the interpersonal dimension opens out into a relationship with beings outside yourself, which is the music and the other people on the floor and even the environment you're in. 100-year-old ballroom built by a beer baron in Wisconsin, a 100-year-old dance floor in a hotel in an unfashionable seaside town in England, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a room with, you know, a room in a resort built with Russian money. Um, stop you know, rus- stop rustling around that microphone. I can't hardly hear you, uh, Sorry, Doc. sorry. So you're dancing in many dimensions simultaneously. Okay, okay. Yeah, starts out as kind of like that, and then it happens every time you dance. It's really pretty cool. So, do you feel that because you guys dance together, you you tolerate or you, you Doc? I can't hear you. Stop moving around. I'm not, so, is I'm that not the, is, that, is that the wind that's blowing into your? Yeah, that's the wind. Oh well, get in a cove, get away from that wind because it blocks See, out. You, you you must think I'm some kind of windbag that you think that the wind noise is me talking. That was uh, hey, that was put a, that was the wind. Put an umbrella in front of you. Get get rid of that wind, man. It's killing me. Okay, okay. So, Pat, do you feel that uh, because and I don't want to put words in your mouth, I, but because you're the married couple, I just want to know if dance as you've been as you've done it in ballroom has added an element to the marriage that had you not been dancing, maybe you'd be less able to tolerate the differences that you talk about between you two. Uh, we might have got divorced, Al. <laughs> hey, I wasn't trying to be as blunt as that, but since you said it, you know. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You might have murdered me and collected the insurance. <laughs> Here's the thing. When kids start leaving home, yeah. if you don't find something yeah. that you want to do together with that other person, it could have been fly fishing, although I hate fishing, okay. that's really together. Well, for us, I think it was important that it had all the elements that we're talking about. Okay. Communication, patience, appreciation, working through problems. It's you know, dance is a problem-solving thing, too. If if you don't do that, I, I think you just start drifting apart. You don't have the kids in common anymore. Okay. I end up with my own room, my own bathroom. 
Put your mouth by the phone. Put your mouth by the phone, Doc. I can't. Well, you know, I know a lot of retired guys, and he has his room and his bathroom, and she has her room and her bathroom, and he goes and plays golf, goes to the bar with his buddies, and she goes <laughs> and does whatever. Usually, hands out, hangs out with the grandkids or plays bridge. You right, know? right. Or is active in like church and stuff. And Didn't that, want to do it that way. So dance sort of adds the glue to a relationship. What you're saying, then, basically, right? It's uh, well, it's a way to. Like I said, participate in something together that's multidimensional. What if you know? what what if you like uh, football and she likes football and you both sit on the couch and watch football? Would that do it, Pat? No. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> what do you? Wait, wait, wait I, I didn't hear his response. I heard yours. What, what do you think, Doc? He uh, said he you miss a couple of dimensions if we went out and played football. You oh, know, together or soccer? Yeah, I mean, I think if we hadn't done dance, we would have done martial arts. So, <laughs> you because know, it has that same kind of physical combative element that you have in dance. You know. Okay. Here's the, here's or we would have been sparring doing kung, some kind of kung fu. Deal, you know. <laughs> the thing that hasn't been said mm-hmm. is dancing is problem solving in all of those dimensions. Okay. Yeah. So. No, that's a more watching football together. Yes, you would probably laugh and talk and stuff, but you're not problem solving. So when you come up against different things in your life, if you haven't worked out a way to communicate mm-hmm. about problems, okay, you're you're going to have a problem. You're just not. You're gonna. There's a dimension that's missing. I'll put it that way. And we know a lot of couples who dance. Okay. Who their relationships were saved by dance. Their okay. relationship, you know, they they had problems. This one couple, Paul and Mary Jean, Paul will actually cry while he's talking. He's a big, thick, thick guy. Will actually yeah. cry mm-hmm. and say how dancing saved their marriage. Really? Yeah. I call our friends Lou and Pam. You've heard us talk about them. They actually got divorced, got back together again, and decided that they needed to do something together and started dancing. Wow. And if you talk to them, they will say that's why they are together 15 years later. Wow. So, wow. You know, it's, it's, there's a different dimension that I don't know if I'm quite articulating for us, but, but we've seen it. We've seen people say this. And it's interesting to me mm-hmm. that we have had, you know, we've gone to other dances where we used to go down to, um, the Ozarks, and there was a dance down there, and we'd meet the same people from all over, you know, Oklahoma and Nebraska, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And when you meet them, and they're talking about, oh, this is, you know, my my spouse died last, you know, three years ago, and this is Millie. I just we just got married. They met dancing dancers, married dancers. Unbelievable. Our our friend Marlene, she's eighty seven, mm-hmm. maybe. Yeah, she she was eighty five two years ago. So she's 87. Her husband died of cancer. Okay. She was a widow for three years. And the and the dance club said, and she was very active. She was the membership person. And mm-hmm. the dance club said, well, we're a couple dance, Marlene. You have to start bringing somebody to the dances. Mm-hmm. So she auditioned some guy from her health club and, <laughs> and turned him into her dance club. Wait, you know. and she, now, she's now, 87 now years old and she auditioned somebody from the health club. Yeah. Yeah, she walked up to him and said, would you be willing to take me to a dance? Oh and he God. says, I don't, I haven't danced since I was a teenager. She said, that's okay. <laughs> so my, I'll take some lessons, you know. Yeah. So they ended up taking lessons. They're yeah. now a yeah. couple. They travel together as dance partners. <laughs> Oh my god. (laughs) So there's something about dancing that is a glue to relationships that hasn't been well articulated. Well, another way to think of it is like Venn you know Venn diagrams where you have like three circles and then you have the part where the circles intersect. Yeah, yeah. Well, dancing is like the Venn diagram where that conversation music intersect. Okay. And these are really powerful things that people have all kinds of neurologic, psychologic, spiritual involvement in. 
And so when you bring three of them together and then you share it with another person, you're almost making a thing that's made out of six spheres and these six spheres intersect. What you're saying is women who are spending two to $6,000 to meet somebody on the dating service and somebody puts them together and they go out to dinner yeah. and they go to a bar. What's the prognosis on that type of relationship without something, as you say, that will give them well, some... Well, who knows? You know, that's the intersection of sex, food, and conversation. Those are pretty powerful. <laughs> I mean, it's if, you can, if you can... It's hard for me to address that because Maybe. when I was coming up, guess, guess what they did when you went out? Is no. They went dancing. Yeah. Ah. You go to Red Street, you go dancing. Yeah. Ah. We, read a, we read a series of detective stories that started in the 30s. Yeah. And in the 30s and 40s, detectives, what he does either for fun or with a suspect is he goes out to the Flamingo Club where they dance. Yeah. And he says he learns a lot about female by how she dances. Absolutely. So, 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 you know, that's what they used to do. People and, go out to club. And <laughs> keep in mind that dancing was taught in public school. Yeah, it used to be. I, I took the class when I was in third grade or fourth grade. Yeah. Square that's dancing. Square square dancing, though. Yeah. You know where that came from. <laughs> well, they started out with square dancing. Yeah. And then by the time you were in seventh and eighth grade, and my kids did this. Yeah. You know, you took dance lessons, and guys learned how to get around the dance floor and ask somebody to dance and how to behave. Yeah. I think that that has dropped out of people's consciousness. Yes, it has. Yes. Yeah. And and so guys don't know how to behave to start with. They don't Not only to... that, they don't know how to interact with the opposite sex. That's the problem. And how can you have a relationship if, if the opposite uh, sex is foreign to you or you don't feel connected or you don't feel collaborative? Well, yeah, I don't know. I think, people, well, you can talk, but you know, let's face it, you can only talk for so long. You know? <laughs> well, if a guy is talking about somebody's sports stats, somebody well, and the woman is wants to really talk about do you like kids and where do you think we should live if we move in together they're yeah. sort of missing each other the dialogue doesn't work or you can always complain about your parents or complain about your sister or <laughs> complain about your boss well when i look work, at my own yeah when i look at my own children dancing is not as important to them as it is to us but to be fair probably looked about the same when we were their age yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we went to visit our daughter, Andrea, and I, and she said, well, what do you guys want to do? <laughs> and I said, well, I'd like to go to a dance. And they got up and they took the dance lessons yeah. and they danced the yeah. whole night. Yeah, it's great. And they wouldn't have um, done they wouldn't have done that without you guys, though, right? Probably not. Probably not. Probably mm -hmm. not that thing on that day. Mm -hmm. um, but they would have gone out and hiked in the woods together. Right. You know, that's and their camping. thing. They, you know, like they go camping and hiking. Oh, okay. And that's the a, that's a same kind of solving physical problems. How are we going to put the tent up? How are we going to sleep dry? How are we going to, you know, not get lost and eaten by a bear? You know, all that kind of <laughs> stuff. So, well, they're in a country with that. You know, they're yeah. in Oregon. <laughs> and Washington State, so that's a real okay. question. How can we keep from getting bit by a mosquito and catch viral encephalitis? <laughs> you know, so it's the same. It's the, it's the same yeah. problem-solving skills that dancers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I get. I understand. How do you set cat up so you're not going to get killed in a mudslide or a forest fire? Or, <laughs> you know. Uh, shot by rampaging meth heads, you know, or whatever they deal with out there. Uh, it's been, been very informative. I want to ask you a last uh, question here since you guys have been doing ballroom for many years. Now you started a little tango, so I want to know how tango compares or what differences you've noticed between. And, and wait a minute, how long have you been doing tango now? Two Are years. You? Two years. Two? Two. Okay. So two years compared to your, uh, how many years in ballroom? 10 or 15? 12. 12. 12 years. Okay. So that it might not be a fair comparison, but as close as you can, what do you think for somebody who's doing ballroom now, who's never done Argentine tango, 
and you guys have fortune or misfortune of doing them both. What are the differences or what, what have you noticed in one form that you haven't noticed in the other? Any observation I'd like to know about? I'll start. I think they're more alike than different. Okay. In what, what, in what way? America, the music is a blend of African and European. Okay. Um, the dancing is partner dancing. Okay. There are four different dances. You know, we do four dances in European standard. Okay. Uh, and we do four dances in tango, right? With Milonga, Milongero, Balls, and, and Salon. Okay. They're both, you can spend as much time as you want in instruction and practicing, and there's always something new to learn. And, that, and then you can do it out in public. It's not that hard to find places to do tango. Okay. And uh, the people, you can join people who are, you know, as skilled or more skilled, usually more skilled. Mm-hmm. and dance in their company. Okay. And with that, it's more like the international, like American Smooth or International Standard than it is different. Okay. For those reasons. Here's my observation. Okay. We're still working to get a decent basic, okay. a decent hold, a decent follow, okay. a decent lead. And it took us several years to do that with, with ballroom. So that's similar. Okay. Now, the postures are different. So you really, I mean, I, I don't think that fights against us. I think that actually helps us a bit. Okay. Because we know that even though it looks simple mm-hmm. and some of the elements aren't, quote, that hard, Yeah. Um, it's a difficult dance. It's yeah. complex. Okay. And um, I think that means that we're more patient. That we really want basic. Basic is 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 what it's all about, or at least for me, I think for yeah. Jeff too. And I think that's similar. Um, we didn't go out in public with ballroom dance for four years. Wow. No, we just stayed in the studio wow. because we didn't feel confident enough. Okay. And and I think that is somewhat similar with this for us. We're perfectly willing to do Argentine tango in a ballroom setting where nobody knows what you're doing. Yeah, because <laughs> you look great. You look great. They think you look great. They go, wow. They go, okay, wow. <laughs> but I noticed that when we were in England and oh. they put on our tango and people who really knew what they were doing yeah. went out, we didn't go out. No, they just blew us off the floor, man. It was oh, like, my okay. God. So you felt intimidated, basically, huh? Yes. Yes, I just wanted to watch somebody, you mm-hmm, know, because mm-hmm. they were there were at least one couple that was doing salon at a very high level. Okay, and I haven't really been able to watch anybody doing salon. I don't mm-hmm. often get the opportunity to watch somebody do salon at that level. Right, right. You know? right. So I sat down and watched them do that. And thought, damn. Well, that's really the that's enjoy really the enjoyable part about yeah. about dances when when somebody's on the floor that looks good, you can get yeah. as much enjoyment enjoyment out yeah. of watching yeah. as you would dancing it. And yeah. you you get to model and learn a lot from what you're seeing, uh, that's that's pretty interesting. Wh- what do you think about the music in ballroom and the music in Argentine tango? Are they similar to you? Since, Not since you both, you I mean, both, both musicians here, so I well, want to know. They're both Europe. They can be played by European-style orchestras, but the composition of the orchestras are real different. Okay. And they can be played by combos, but the com- combina- composition of the combo is real different. You know, they don't use a lot of... Well, yeah, they do actually use accordion in European style ballroom, and certainly in American style ballroom. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's not a bandone on. Okay. Okay. And they're more likely to have a horn section and a reed section in an American big band. Okay. Um, you know, whereas in a, a tango orchestra, they're going to have, you know, guitars, violin, bass player, piano, piano, and one or more bandoneon. Okay. You know, I've never seen a horn section or a reed section in a tango orchestra. Now, okay. maybe, I may not, I may just not know enough. Okay, for me, I grew up hearing big band, popular music, classical music, gospel music. That's in my ears. We used to sing it, dance to it, play it, you know, from the time I was a little kid. Okay. My, my, I think I've shared with you my aunt and uncle were professional musicians. Yeah. I spent time, a lot of time with them. So that stuff is in my ears. I feel it when I hear it. I know what it is, what to do. The less familiar to me is tango music. Okay. Um, yeah. Come from a different place. 
Mm-hmm. That, it, it's not in my ears the same way. I didn't grow up with it. I didn't get used to singing it, hearing it, right. et cetera. So it's different for me. And it's what's interesting is Cajun music I don't feel that way about. So I kind of feel like that probably was part of my background that I don't even really remember, <laughs> although I used, to travel, I used to travel with my aunt to Louisiana to see family. So I think we probably did stuff there. Okay. But you've seen me try to figure out what the beat is, what dance would you do to it. We're rookies when it comes to that, whatever you want to call it. So, and and Jeff started out listening to a whole lot more tango than I did initially as well. Okay. You know, it's less less familiar. Okay. So I have to to work at it now. Yeah, my my parents didn't have a record player and and a stack of tango LPs. Right, right. I mean, they could have if they were from Buenos Aires instead of Scotland. I don't know, or <laughs> whatever. Maybe that's the deal. But that just wasn't my back. I don't know anything about other Latin American music either. Right. Well, well that, know, that is pretty odd since you guys met in a Latin American country. You didn't. You didn't gravitate you know, toward the music, huh? Well, you know, we were a couple of gringos who were just. Uh, <laughs> No, that music is more familiar. Really? Yeah. You're kidding me. No, because it's so close to German. Oh, that's right. They do. They do polka. All right. I don't know what that is. That's somebody sharing his music with us as he drives down Michigan Avenue. (laughs) That's okay. No problem. And that's probably a little bit why Cajun is familiar because it, it has its basis in folk music from Europe. So clog dancing is familiar. It has its basis in Europe. Okay. But I think the mixture of tango just is a it, it's enough mixture of different things that I don't hear it as easily. That's all. Okay. You know, it's not that I can't. Well, we haven't spent thousands of hours listening to it. Yeah. yeah. So you it's, know, it's a I mean, it's it a learned on, experience basically. Yeah. Well, it was on all the time on the stereo and the radio when I was a kid. Okay. And the same for Pat. She had people in the living room playing, you know, American standards. Okay. Um, you know, we didn't have my friend Lou, who was born in Monterey. They had a stereo or a record player and big stacks of Mexican music. Okay. So he spent hundreds of hours listening to different forms of Mexican music, Got which it. I still don't understand. I like that. See, okay. To me, it sounds, it's, it's all, it's very similar. Mexican music is very similar. Well, they were closer to the border. They may have wandered back and forth. Very, it's very similar to a lot of the music I grew up with when it, from Germany and some of those things. So, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. I mean, even the instrumentation is similar. Okay. So when they say, oh, this is a rumba or this is a cha-cha or this is, that all feels very familiar. Mm-hmm, okay. gotcha. But the rhythms of tango, no, I, I never liked, the ballroom tango stuff ever i hated it i didn't like the music i didn't what what didn't you like about it i'm not exactly sure but it never sounded right to me (laughs) that's funny i really enjoy the tango that we've been playing now from argentina Mm -hmm. it's it's a pleasure to dance to and it's a pleasure to listen to Mm -hmm. because the other stuff was kind of hokey when (laughs) and then you try to do ballroom tango and you're just throwing your head around and marching in place and doing quick you know it it didn't feel right for me and it was very choreographed because it was such a didn't have a regular kind of a beat you really had to know whether you're going to do quick quick slow or slow slow quick 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 it it was just different okay whereas this what we've been learning so Mm -hmm. far is there's a lot more flexibility with what you do, and you can change the rhythms, but but there's a framework that you change them in. Whereas that didn't feel like there was a framework; it was just a chore- choreography that you had to learn. Mm-hmm. Less improvised. Yeah, yeah, there was no improv- improvisation. I got you. Yeah, it was different for me. A lot. It was very different. Because I wasn't just, Jeff was listening to it. No, no. I was playing it, dancing it, singing it. You know, I, uh, you know, I had a, 
I had, you ever heard of a little baby accordion? I had a three-quarter accordion. Oh. I forgot about, I forgot. That was another instrument I learned. Yes. My family tended to do more, less, no passive listening. I don't think anybody ever sat down and listened to anything. <laughs> if you turned, if you turned on Lawrence Welk on the TV, were you dancing. were dancing in the living room. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's in your blood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, you're watching Mickey Mouse Club. You're you're tap dancing right along with them. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it, it, it you didn't it wasn't a passive listening. Oh my God. So the other thing I would say mm-hmm. is that when the guy says I could never learn to dance, yeah, okay, I would say if my husband can learn to dance. Anybody can learn to dance. He could not even walk to music. It took him four years oh to hear God. a dance beat. Yeah, oh, you you would not believe. Oh, no. So I think it was because he really wanted to, and he worked so hard at it out. Okay. And he would do the wrong things all the time, and he would still come back and learn again. So I, I think the idea that guys can't learn to dance Okay. It's just not accurate. They, but, but, they've, fear, but, they've, but they've got to want to do it, though, right? They have to want to do it. They have to say, I'm willing to not be the star of the show. I'm willing to make mistakes. I'm willing to look stupid. Right. Um, I'm never be as good at this as somebody else. Yeah. Wow. Well, those are words yeah. of wisdom. I think you've said it all. And Jeff, any closing comments from you, sir? I'm really grateful that we get to learn tango from you. Well, that sounds like an advertisement. <laughs> you can you can use it that way if you choose, but I am truly grateful because hey. you really know your stuff. Hey, uh, hey, look, you know. as long as the wife is happy, that means I've done my job. Well, there you go. If the happy wa- wife, happy life. Hey. <laughs> Hey, if she's not complaining about your tango, I mean... She's really undertaking it in a good spirit. You know, for example, we spent the whole first 80 days of the lockdown, me learning how to use my, my left arm better. Ah. You know, that kind of, you know, attention to detail. So you solved and that, then, you solved that, that her big complaint. I wouldn't say solved exactly, but we're... We're now probably at 70% instead of 30%. <laughs> so that's real progress, yeah. Well, from an F to a C minor. It was kind of a, what if you came to our building? Yeah, it was just, just good yeah. luck. It was just good luck. Well, we've been talking about wanting to do that for about a year. We didn't quite know where, yeah, where to right. go or who to do it with. Right. But a world, a world champion surfer who was into Zen said, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. <laughs> Well, well, I definitely did appear. You guys are, are great students and you're great dancers. Now, I, I just hope stick with it and and hope hopefully this will encourage some new people to take the plunge. There you go. Well, we do encourage more and more people, especially with I think tango for me I I think it is less intimidating okay um when you're first starting when you go out and see what people do you go oh god i'll never be able to do that right but (laughs) right right it's less intimidating to learn the basics it's less intimidating to dance with a stranger we were i i think part of my sadness right now is we were just getting into let's go to the alhambra Right. We were going to start coming on Saturdays to your Saturday thing right, on a right. pretty regular basis when we got back from England. Right. And I'll put on hold, but we'll get there. Well, we wouldn't, you know, better to fight and run away and live to fight another day. There you go. I agree with Thanks. that. I agree. And with, with, with that, Doc, I enjoyed you guys. Uh, Pat, thank you for taking time out from your uh, morning to chit-chat with sure. me. It's been enjoyable. Thank you very much. Thank you, it's well. a pleasure, Al. Sure. And like I Good said, it was. Well, you guys have uh, have uh, bright brightened up my morning. It's 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 pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure everybody's going to get a little information out of this, especially for uh, how to how to manage their relationship as it compares to dance so that was important thank you very much sir and have a have a good holiday guys i appreciate it and we'll we'll talk to you soon all righty thanks okay thanks pat thanks jeff bye-bye
Organically grown CBD is part of the cannabis plant that does not get you high, but it gets you healthy. CBD addresses symptoms of arthritis, diabetes, anxiety, depression, skin, and libido issues. To earn extra income or to invest in sales opportunities in our company, including sales of shea butter topicals and edible gummies, please contact Shirley McLaurin for details at 773 209 1523. Hi, this is Al, Al Gates of Tango Chicago. If you've made it this far, you're a true Tango junkie. I'm sure you will find the next episode just as inspiring, informative, relevant, and hilarious as our students have always been. If you have questions, or comments, please leave them or visit our website at tangochicago.com. Lastly, our sponsors make this podcast possible. So when you spend money with them, contact us with your good or poor reviews of their performance, and we will give you a $25 to $50 gasoline card to compensate you for the time that you take to write the review. So again, Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode.